Hi Prof! Welcome there to Movie Flex Double Features in the pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Oh man, do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a trip to Merry Old England this week, isn't it? Boy, bruv. It's a hit. We'll have a cuppa. We have to outrun the cuppa and have a cuppa. I have a cuppa to... Uh, the Queen's finest ale grey. I don't think we're gonna offend any people from the UK. I don't. I know we don't have any UK listeners. I don't think, but I do have my friend Connor who might listen, and he's from Ireland, so we can make okay. fun of British people all we want. Yeah, free reign. <laughs> yeah, of course. We'll love it you, if British, we do it. In fact, I'm gonna tag Connor British, just so he'll listen to that. British quote unquote people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right well, well the, this episode is brought to you by the irish latino alliance uh for a better world the working to class has come listen, together nah. listen brother i'm a mick and i'm a mick and i'm proud of it you know hell yeah the most beautiful people on earth come from mexico and ireland i say but, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Very different looking types of people, but beautiful nonetheless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Conan O'Brien and uh, Selena. I don't know the first <laughs> Latina that I thought of. Anyway, yeah, so this week, uh, look, in all fairness, last week I said you have lawful, um, neutral, or chaos. And you picked the chaos option. And I think it was a little bit too chaotic. Like, you know, I was just in kind of a fever... And I was like, we're going to go right into the double feature this week. And we're going to do like non double feature stuff at the end. Cause like, I don't know, we, we, it's also been, you know, we've been doing Halloween all month. This is our first post Halloween episode. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff that like, I haven't really talked about uh, that I've been wanting to talk about. I'm sure you feel the same, like non scary stuff or maybe some scary stuff that we just watched. <laughs> hmm. How do you feel about that, Matt? Sounds good. I, I think we should get into the double feature and then, uh, you know, talk about yeah. t- talk about the stuff we've been watching outside of it. Yeah, cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, I basically uh, just explained myself. Like I said, two British movies. They both have four in the title. That's pretty arbitrary. I thought that was funny. And I thought, hey, these movies are very different. Um, me and Matt have to like one of them, right? They're so opposite of each other. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um well, the funeral dude it's got 7.1 on imdb 96 percent uh fresh uh 1994 is four weddings and a funeral hugh grand andy mcdowell um you know a bunch of british people like it, it's directed by mike newell more importantly though it's written by richard curtis who wrote uh love actually which i'm i'll say you know this movie is not as outwardly evil as that movie is um but um <laughs> yeah it's a it's it's it, okay it's a very problematic movie matt uh but yeah uh sure. i thought there was some cute stuff in this movie I watch it um, yeah oh my god god help you um <laughs> yeah no um i thought this was a cute movie there was some stuff that i really liked but then yeah story-wise i had big problems uh just I feel like they were so committed to this four weddings and a funeral structure that they were like, oh, yeah, we'll just leave out really important scenes that, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll that, uh, literally, literally anything else in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's really nothing frustrating, else. though. Yeah. It was about, I don't know. I was probably two and a half, three for me, maybe, because I did really like the stuff with his brother. That was really cute. Uh, my favorite scene was when, oh, because his brother's deaf. And, you know, you really didn't see that, especially in 1994. Uh, 
And, you know, there's that really cute scene where the girl likes him. And so at the next wedding, she like learn sign language but she's like kind of messing up but he's like oh you're doing perfect like i thought that was really cute uh that was probably my favorite part of the movie but uh i think a lot of how charming you find this movie really depends on how charming you find hugh grant and man what a fucker uh matt what'd you think <laughs> of this movie <laughs> i don't know what, what what do you have against hugh grant he's fine um <sighs> whatever he's a b- bumbling 90s british man he's not very charming to me i just want to like slap him on the back of the head and be like spit it out dude sit up straight be a man like of course <laughs> you're not of course no one wants to have sex with you dude well, well, he's gosh. Like, <laughs> well, gosh, the, problem, the problem is that he's the problem is do women did women find that attractive yes apparently oh um, my god insane so, so yeah uh Four weddings and a funeral, right? We pr- we pretty much need to tell you what it's about, but spoiler alert: if you've read the title, you know exactly what it's about. It's it's um, what it's about, yeah. There's literally like I've never seen a movie that was like this much its title, because mm-hmm. the only scenes in the movie are the four weddings and the funeral. Like, literally, yeah. That was it. There's no th- there's no explanation of like the characters and how they know uh-huh. each other. There's no like, which would have been nice, you know, because like, I don't even know any of their names. <laughs> like, I watched this movie yeah. two days ago and I don't know any, which is again, it's not like, you know, it's not really a, a criticism, but when they're like, oh no, a bleepity bloop died. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I care? Like, yeah. what's, the, what's the story there? I, like, th- that's fine. Like, I could kind of pick it up. I could kind of pick up their dynamic. I actually thought the friends and stuff was like the best part, but like, they kind of, don't exist until the very end of the movie like the last half and then there's yeah there's a lot of stuff that they just kind of don't follow up on like you know fifi who we both agreed is the hottest one and if she said that she had been in love with me for seven years i would have been like okay yeah movie's over let's get married um but like she like pours his heart out to him and he's just like oh bloody dear and then like that's it there's no like they just like okay there's literally no repercussions yeah uh two and a half for me um this movie sucked like it was like and i'm more predispositioned to like rom-coms um that's why i picked this because i thought like we would like it because it was a cute rom-com but then yeah it just made me mad honestly i don't think it yeah it was it didn't make me mad per se i think like the biggest problem with this movie is that there's no it's it's like it it wasn't enough of a movie to make me mad like there wasn't enough Mm -hmm. in there for me to go like I'm pissed off that I didn't get more because like, there's nothing there. Like literally it's yeah. about, it's about a guy, Hugh Grant. And like, if you don't know what the movie's about, it's again, titles it, it's Hugh Grant and all of his friends that keep going to weddings. Um, and then they eventually go to a funeral. Uh, but, um, yeah. And he like, he meets this American at one of the, like the first wedding he goes to. Andy and McDowell, Margaret Qualley's mother, we should say. Yeah, I had no clue that she was nepotism baby when you brought mm. that up today. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, interesting. Sorry. Sorry I had to but, ruin it for you, man. No, nah, it's all good. But, uh, I'll, 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 hey, if you, I'll date her instead, you know, it's fine. You know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not um, going to happen, though. Do, we do a double take. You do uh, Margaret Qualley and I date Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, wow. I was going to say Andy McDowell. <laughs> I date Andy <laughs> McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so Annie McDowell, uh, she's an American. Um, they hook up, and then he immediately falls in love with her. You know, 
because that's kind of what yeah. they do. And then he like leaves we're, we're, and was like, "I bloody regret not ring, ringing you on the telly." Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, l- let's pause it right there because yeah, basically, first act they hook up right pretty easily, mm-hmm. and then second act it's the second wedding. By the way, okay, so it's five. It's four weddings and a funeral. That's five sequences, right? And there's like scenes within the sequences. I've heard this mm-hmm. described as a five act film. It's still a three act film. It's a five sequence film. Uh, I'm arguing with a Robert McKee right now, but uh, I'm right and he's wrong. But anyway, like, so <laughs> he gets together with her at the act one break. And then we find out, okay, like, you know, she's with this other British guy. But again, like, go to go back to our like point, like they kind of talk about it later about like why they didn't call each other, but we don't see it, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. want to say that, like his character, it would make perfect sense for his character not to be ready at that point in his arc to call her right but you still need to see it like i need to show you need to sh- perfect show show not tell like uh example right like I, you have to show them kind of like debating to call each other or maybe trying and it goes wrong like there needs to be because otherwise you know we just keep fast forwarding and suddenly there was someone else and we're like well how did this happen like you know the whole fun is like seeing them kind of like you know debated and like seeing it happen right mm-hmm and then, and then, yeah, just to pick up the rest of the plot, I mean, him and her, him and Andy McDowell, they kind of, you know, they're in love, but she's married to another guy. And, you know, uh, then, spoiler alert, at the end, it just, one of their friends dies, and it just, like, fast forwards to, like, later on, and suddenly he's with his ex-girlfriend, and they're going to get married. No idea why or how that happened. And then, you know, Andy McDowell shows up, and he kind of, you know, Hugh Grant kind of dogs this chick <laughs> at the altar, and... uh <laughs> You know, we're supposed to root for this fucking guy? I mean, come on. Ah, yeah. well, I think uh, two stars for me. I think what happened was that um his friend was like, Well, I just hoped to find a girl who was nice to mm-hmm. like who I liked, who was nice to look mm-hmm. at. And I would like she would make she would settle down and I would have a house with her and she would make mm-hmm. me happy. Like I, he's like, You you he tells him like in that scene, he's like which is at the the funeral mm-hmm. um, afterwards, he says, well, I, um, you're expecting a thunderbolt and like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. Right. Like it just doesn't happen. And, and like, then it does happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the thing, the thing that I hate is that he tells him this, he's like, you expected a thunderbolt mm-hmm. and I just want, like, I, I, he's like, it's simple. I want, a girl that looks yeah. at me and doesn't immediately recoil and a girl yeah. that I think is nice to look at to marry her and be happy. Like, he's like, I don't care if it's like a thunderstrike. And then later mm-hmm. on in the movie, he's that character is proven wrong because yeah. like he gets thunderstruck by someone and they marry right? like in the end credits or whatever. But then also yeah, like, yeah, but also Hugh Grant, um, it's thunderstruck and he's been thunderstruck so he knows you can get thunderstruck and then uh it all works out right like in in which is fine like it's a it's a rom-com well, like it's supposed to work out but yeah, like but, i hate the fact that like that's brought up as a as a thing and then <clears throat> not anymore no 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 because like yeah exactly like he I'm, I'm like dying right now like he should that should be the moment where Hugh Grant learns like, oh yeah, no Thunderbolts. But then they do the Thunderbolt moment and then inexplicably, this makes no sense for, to me, is like at the very end, him and Andy McDowell, spoiler alert, you know, they get together 
And like, he's like, you know, the woman, you know, I'm in love for the first time in my life with one woman, right? And it's not the woman at the altar, it's you, right? So I'm like, okay, they're going to get together. If that movie would have ended there, would have been a little better. But instead, and again, I don't, maybe I, suddenly he's just like, oh yeah, and by the way, I don't believe in marriage. Like, what? Like, marriage isn't for me. It's like, what? What the fuck did that come from, dude? Did I miss something? That was a very weird turn yeah. because like he's, he's basing that off of being at the altar with a woman he doesn't love. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's with the woman that he loves. And he says, for the first time, I want to be monogamous and like, okay, so then why, like th- there's been no reason for him to hate marriage, dude. Like you're an idiot for not marrying Fifi. First of all, yeah. like Fifi is the, she's the one who ends up marrying Prince Charles, which good for her. Good for her. <laughs> Uh, she's quite, you know, she's like Princess Diana, but with jet black hair and she smokes cigarettes and she has a British accent, right? This was, I was a huge fan of like Elizabeth Hurley in the 90s when I was a kid. This, you know, I don't need to go any more into it, any get more Freudian with it. But, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, no, I like, again, because we were talking about, I, I compared it to, there's this movie called Two Lovers, which I know a lot of people listening probably love. But uh, me and I told you about one of my filmmaker friends. We this is the one like we had a lot of disagreements. The one movie we always agreed on was Two Lovers because like it's essentially like I don't know, Joaquin Phoenix is this kind of loser and he like lives at home with his mom. I don't I haven't seen it in years. I don't really remember. But basically he has to choose between like Gwyneth Paltrow and like another actress, like a two beautiful women, you know, and like, oh, God, like, oh, like because the, the thing is like, oh, like the worst case scenario is he ends up with Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, like th- how is, that's the worst stakes in any movie. You know, I just totally like uh, could not identify. And it's the same thing it's, here. It's like, he's got so many options, dude. He's got Annie McDowell. He's got Duckface, He's got Fifi. Like he, you know, and then like, we're supposed to be like, Oh man, poor guy. Like, yeah, no, he sucks, dude. <laughs> like, I hate this guy. Just like a few years or yeah, it was a few years ago when, um, Everyone was talking about how in the 90s it was funny because um, the worst thing that people could imagine was like having an office job, right? And then yeah. that's what like that's what everyone wanted like once now. You know, it was a couple of years ago. I'm not obviously there's been more office jobs or whatever, but like mm-hmm. um, because that job was kind of going away. Like office mm-hmm. space, like people always say like office space, and it's funny like the Matrix. The Matrix is like oh god mm-hmm. like. Keanu, like, right, Neo works for this, like, software company with, like, a cushy office and, like, you know, whatever. And he's just, like... Their biggest problem is that they're bored. (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, the same thing with, like, uh, Office Space was, like, oh, no, like, this sucks. So, like, people were saying they couldn't relate to that. But is this, like, our version of that? Because it's, like, yeah, oh, no, like, you have incredibly hot women inexplicably (laughs) loving you. It's, like the worst thing ever it's like what like yeah it's no it's not it's not the one that for me it's the fact that he has so many options right because that's the thing with like uh dilemma right you have you you have to choose i mean i I guess he's choosing between two good options you know choose between two good options and two bad options but like again worst case scenario like he ends up with his ex like you know what i mean like there's not it's that question of like if you're Hero fails in this journey. What do they lose? And I don't feel like he ever has anything to lose at any point, you know? Like, yeah, you know, like the the low point or whatever. There's a gay couple as part of their friends, and one of them, the older one, dies. I kind of like that dynamic of like, oh, it's like a mixed couple? group of friends. And 
yeah yeah oh uh, yeah you kind of have to yeah it's not explicit but uh yeah that's uh, a big problem because yeah. when when he does that poem, I thought, were they gay? Like I didn't realize they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know, oh, I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew, homie. Like the the guy yeah. from Spartacus was gay, but I didn't know the old mm. man was gay. Yeah, I, oh, he he has a really good. Uh, he's like, he's like, uh, when he goes to the wedding, the old guy has a really funny line where he like names a musical. I can't remember what it was, mm. but he's like, it's Bombardier or something like that. But anyway, um. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it, it's like that was really unrelated to his story with Journey with Andy McDowell, right? Like again, it's like I like maybe he's like, oh, if I don't, you know, the threat of death means you know you should live with the one you love. But again, even when he like gets here, he doesn't fully commit. He comes up with this weird like, will you be with me? But like not really thing, like. Um, it's a really weird turn. It's a turn that like isn't expected, but also it's a turn that's like isn't earned. Right? Like it's not like a. It's not yeah, like it's a weird. It's like what we're supposed to gather from that is like, oh, he's up there at the altar with mm-hmm. his ex girlfriend, who's like been shown to be pretty kind hot, of like pretty cool and pretty she hot. She was crazy. But- well, no, she was like she. They they make a joke of it. She he like compares because when she was she like has a breakdown when they first see each other and she's crying and acting really inappropriately. And then later on, though, he sees her and she seems fine. Like she's got it all together now. She's moved on. And I like that version of her a lot. You know, I was like, oh, she seems cool. Like you know, just having a bad day, I guess. Yeah, but also he like broke her heart and stuff. So like you know, he was a dick to her. Oh man, that was one of the funniest lines. Uh. When she goes, I thought uh, U2 was a Navy vessel. And he goes, well, their music does have a very naval quality. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty, I mean, there were a lot of, like, little funny lines and stuff. Like, like I said, I thought the stuff with his brother was really cool. Um, different, you know? Like, again, it's, like, not something you see a lot and stuff. Um, yeah, the, the brother yeah. was cool. The, there was, um, like, like, again, I, I thought if it more featured on the group, instead of just him, maybe it would have been a lot better, you know, because he could have, again, explored their relationships. Like, I don't necessarily need, like, a backstory, but I do need a scene where they talk about something, right? Where they, like, where we, you don't, like, you don't have to explicitly tell me how they know each other, but show me, right? Like, you know, you can have more scenes with them, because they kind of show, like, they're very heavy at the beginning, and then they kind of disappear, and then they kind of show up at the end, and then you're just supposed to, like you said, you're supposed to, like, assume a lot of things, and kind of draw conclusions, and I don't know. It doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't like take hold your hand. I, I mean, I kind of appreciate that in a sense, but like, well, I, the, it's not. It's not enough. Like, they don't show you enough. Is what I'm saying. The biggest problem with that, in my opinion, is that mm. it's not. It's not a fucking like European art house movie. Like, it's it's a it's a rom com. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying I, like I don't want the the, the rom com that I'm watching to to give me no clues on on these characters or their dynamics. Yeah. Like because let's be honest, like most of it is extrapolation, which is completely fine. Like you don't need a movie to tell you every single detail about everyone's life. I, I but this is this is that but, this is not that kind of movie because we do we are going to talk about a beautiful European art house cinema film later. But this I, I agree, yeah. This is like yeah, just have the scene at the beginning where him and Fifi like have one scene in, in the first act with him and Fifi be you know talk about. Oh, remember when we used your, you know, like hint that she's in love with him, right? Like, don't just be like, oh, I'm actually in love with you. 
literally anything. Yeah, it comes it out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, exactly. It comes out of nowhere. So like that's what I'm saying is when the when the the movie boils it down to it's literally its title because like mm-hmm. you get nothing else. Like you you again like you don't get like even the threads are like very bare. Like it's not enough for me to mm-hmm. extract. Like again, to to extrapolate when I, when I'm confused about this movie more so than Alphaville, that's a problem, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, it's a huge problem, and uh, it's not my fault for being confused because the movies doesn't tell me enough. And it, again, it's not the type of movie that I should be confused at. Like I shouldn't even be like I shouldn't even have any questions about any of their dynamics like i should just know like a, a rom typically a rom-com you know like uh, even if it's it doesn't have to but what i'm saying is like typically a rom-com will will give me the information i need to if i need to extrapolate it'll give me that information i need to extrapolate this one doesn't do that i think hear me out here three weddings and a funeral <laughs> I, I i honestly think that would have been better because i think if you spend more time i think if you have it all at one wedding you know, and you have the whole story, or like I said, or fewer weddings, I'm sorry. Like, if you have it take place at fewer weddings, you can still get that same dynamic, but it gives you more time to, like, explore. Because it, like, okay, you'll have, like, more scenes. You won't have to jump to the next wedding, you know? Like, you, you'll have, like, I don't know, you'll have more time to work, or, like, I don't know. I just feel like, like, less weddings, right? <laughs> like, would have been better, right? Because it's going to give you more time to like sit and explore and like i don't know have there's no plot really i mean i know yeah. people are like yeah, yeah but it, this movie needed a plot i'm sorry movies need plots don't yell at me um yeah. perfect example this movie it, it has a love story it has a character arc but it doesn't have a plot like a very loose one i guess but uh you know and like there there are movies i want to be clear before anyone yells at me like obviously there are movies that can be plotless and beautiful uh you know the before uh series or whatever before sunrise before sunset but even those films you know have a hidden structure right like they may be plotless but they are very structured in their own hidden ways right this movie is very structured but i think that like it fucking totally like does it harm because they're so like they're such a slave to this four weddings and a funeral idea that like they don't care how like you know i don't know it, it just came off as like unearned i guess there wasn't enough setup and you know, like there was all payoff and no setup, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I no, I completely agree with that. It was all it was all payoff and absolutely no setup. Like I need to I need I need you to give me a kernel of why I care about the payoff. Why 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 would I care about Fifi and his relationship? Why would I care about mm-hmm. his and Andy McDowell's relationship? Why would I care? Like I don't know these people. Like these people su- like most of them seem like they suck. <laughs> yeah yeah um i like them I, I i like i like the whole like you know i like the vibe of like oh let's hang out with a big group of friends and go to weddings together that sounds cool as fuck to me maybe i'm just being romantic for like pre-covid times and i just really want to socialize but like that shit was cool to me but i agree like maybe do a few scenes with the friends instead of i don't know a 10 minute scene with the fucking like guy you know like i get it i get the bit at the, you know in the first act where he's like she's like meet me in my room and then he gets scotch and then the other guy gets scotch and you're like oh a comedy of errors right but you're like but what does this do for like what does this tell me about anything like you yeah. know what i mean that like he's a fucking coward yeah i told could have told you that like within two minutes of this fucking movie yeah. oh man it's a- oh and but the guy who played the guy who uh the guy who gave the speech at the uh, the eulogy at the mm-hmm. funeral, he uh, co-hosted uh, 
an episode of the show I used to watch called Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Uh, I do like him. He is a very funny, likable comedian actor guy. Like there are again, I I'm I have to be honest too. I am kind of a fancy fancy little British boy, and some you know like I was once a, an Anglophile, you know, <laughs> ashamedly. <laughs> like I like the you know British humor. I like the irony and the dark shit, and you know, uh, you know all that stuff. But uh, yeah, this film. Um, so that those parts of it, I guess I liked, but like. Yeah, but overall, just a piece of shit. Like, so listen, our our review was um, okay. Less weddings, four weddings, too many. Funeral, you three. can have three three weddings. Yeah. Pushing it, two weddings. Mm, I don't know about that, Chief. How about one wedding? How about one wedding, a funeral, and some scenes? You know, how about a wedding and a funeral? That 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 would have been much like because what's four weddings and a funeral, right? Four on one, like I don't know. That isn't say anything to me right all that reminds me of is like dentists like four out of one dentist four out of five dentists prefer this colgate or whatever <laughs> yeah. like again yeah no i literally was gonna say the same thing a wedding and a funeral that was my first thought i was like just have one wedding where you explore all these relationships and you do it like how about you, you know flashbacks uh, linear narratives are out this is the 90s linear narratives okay, are out dude. we do well we it's do. more of a 2000s I mean, we do, okay. we do one wedding, right? And then we keep being like, oh, this is so and so. And then you flash back to their, their meeting or their wedding, right? And then we get. Oh, to and you could have, you could still have the four weddings and a funeral, but three of them are in flashback. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Linear structures are out. Like, uh, what's his or name you know from what? the other guy? Says. <laughs> uh, He's like, first we'll go. Was it Gosling? Was it a Gosling line? Oh, it was uh, in uh, the. Not. Not the nice guys, the other guys. Oh, uh, the other guys. Except, yeah, it's okay. that British comedian. I, I don't remember his name, but he's just like, okay, well, let's not start at the beginning. Let's start in the middle, then go to the end, and then oh, flash yeah, back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, beginning. Yeah. He's like, because the linear narrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just do something, man. Yeah, like, yeah, not feeling this. Final thoughts. <clears throat> um, this, this movie would really benefit from that show that we watched right that we reviewed on the pod right mm-hmm. because like the last season of that show is non-linear right it's like mm-hmm. building up to like who uh-oh like who gets married like who you know like uh-oh. oh you're the worst yeah yeah um and i think like i i think that 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 structure would be a lot better because like there is that kind mm-hmm. of like like i mean and then eventually you know like the the whole i mean it even it even kind of mirrors that where he's like i don't know about like getting married like that shit kind of sucks you know yeah um it would be a lot better you know to kind of like explain maybe he's at a wedding mm-hmm. or whatever and that's and that's when he's kind of like realizing like all these comedy of errors that that made it there to for him to to be like, I love Andy McDowell, but yeah, final thoughts. This movie sucks. <laughs> it was, it was earn it, bad. earn it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad um, movie. Uh, yeah. Um, final thoughts. Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas, star of Mission Impossible One, uh, and the English patient. Patient, you were brilliant. Uh, you remember her from MI One, right? She was captivating in that film as well. I don't. I don't know. I'm not familiar with her. Mission Impossible? Have you you know the have you seen those movies? Yes. <laughs> of they're, course I've seen them. They're those like movies. they're like 
they're like these movies they're based on this old tv show and like tom cruise i think is in it or q grant i don't know is that is it the girl that was fifi <laughs> yeah no she's in yeah she's in the first one she uh she's part of the team or whatever she's the one who um remember uh the one who taps the guy on the shoulder or shoulder to or remember the one who drops the uh, shit that makes him take a shit or whatever in his drink that girl yep. i know her yeah, yeah okay Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we know her from. Uh, I haven't seen The English Patient, but that's probably her most famous movie. Um, but yeah, with that, let's just get into the second movie, and then we'll take a break and come back and do uh, all the other shit that we've been wanting to talk about. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I we didn't. Uh, I just spoiler alert. I feel like this was going to be a pretty short one because we generally talk more about movies that we're stoked on because it's funner to be like, yeah, this part was cool, but. Uh, it's less fun. I mean, it, it was kind of fun to make fun of Hugh Grant. I'm not going to lie, but uh, <laughs> that only goes so long, you know, uh, yeah, for sure. With that, uh, with that, uh, let's get our next film. 2010's Four Lions, uh, directed by Chris Morris, written by him as well, uh, when, and a couple of other uh, collaborators. Uh, Someone was really big at the time. It sort of launched Riz Ahmed's career. Uh, Kayvon Novak's in it as well. He's one of the vampires in the What We Do in the Shadow series. He's really fucking funny in that. He's really funny in this. He's definitely my favorite guy in this. Like, But um, this was my second time watching it. The first time I watched it with a friend, you know, you're laughing at stuff. And uh, it was a much different experience this time because I still there were still moments that really made me laugh. I mean, they were like really quotable moments. They've all kind of been memed to death and, you know, they've kind of been posted on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, this time I paid more attention to the satire and, uh, I don't know, I had my problems. But, uh, well, Matt, what do you think? Um, if, if, I've been dying. I've been dying. to. I've been texting you for days, begging you to tell me what you thought of this movie. Um, if I didn't like Four Weddings and a Funeral, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> why why i want to know why i knew you hated it but why uh it looks like shit um this is I, what all movies look like in the 2000s yeah sure um i'll take your word for it but yeah, it's like i don't care like it's not funny like i don't i didn't find it funny um maybe i just don't find that type of humor i, I find british humor funny so i don't know why i didn't find this funny you didn't find my okay. My favorite part is when he's telling his son the story of Lion King, and his son goes, "Didn't Scar kill Mufasa?" He's like, "Yeah, in the movie, I'm talking about real life." <laughs> like, how do you think that's not funny? Or when he's like, you know, the whole like, uh, oh, man, uh, Novak had some really funny line readings. Like at the end, when like Riz Ahmed's like confusing him, and he goes, "No, no offense to your brain," and then he goes, "It's fudge." <laughs> like that shit was funny. Uh, yeah, the bit with the beard. Why is she? Co- why is she covering her face? Cause she has a beard, <laughs> like the, oh man, yeah. Listen, the, this this movie, it, I I don't want to like keep on the you know the parade of you you saying all this is funny. This movie is the um, I has cheeseburger of movies mm. comedies because this is what I did. So if something was vaguely like if I found something vaguely humorous, I did the. Did you hear that? I don't know if they picked up a mic. It's too little air blowing out of my nose i never laughed at this movie i, I was like the when when they said something and i, I found it kind of humorous i go just the little air escaping out of my mouth is it never <sighs> yeah you're gonna, you're gonna get a lot of hate mail for this one man because uh, i my, my problem with it was more um 
you know, it's 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 a satire. I don't know if it's very successful. Because the thing is, at the end, basically, uh, Novak's character, you know, the dumb one. I, again, I just find, I mean, he's really funny. Uh, like I said, I've watched most of everything Riz Ahmed's done. He's really good, too. But uh, he basically just goes, I'm confused. I don't know what I'm doing. And then he blows himself up. And I'm like, oh, so that's what you think? <laughs> These people, like, you think people who do this are just confused and don't know what they're doing like i you know i don't know it feels like a very 2000s like british guy take on terrorism it's a it's a it's a slapstick comedy about four terrorists basically if you haven't seen it yeah like i said one of the pet peeves i have like in terms of watching a comedy film is if the same joke is like played over and over again and i felt like that's while i was watching this movie i was like the same joke is played over and over again is what i thought right it's like oh, they're, they're like Muslims are terrorists, they're bumbling, right? Which was, it's fine, like, to a certain degree, if you, like, can come back to those types of jokes every once in a while while peppering in something else. Only time, like, I actually thought, okay, this, like, this part's funny, was when he comes back from the airport and he's like, do you, and he's like, yeah, man, we did it. He's like, no, something bad went happen. He's like, nope, did it. And then he, like, gets in the car and he's like, we blew up those those Arabs, man. Like, those were the bad ones. Those were the bad tribesmen. Well, that was pretty funny. But like, I like the part when they're driving away, and he goes, "So is he?" And he's like, "Of course he's in here. There, I have to kill him." And he goes, "I need to like him." <laughs> yeah. So that, this, that I don't know. Scene was. I, I get favorite. a kick out of like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I get a kick out of like, just like stupid lines, you know, or like, there's like someone can say a line a certain way that's just very funny to me. You know, like, that's, uh, that's just different. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different types of humor. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, not that I disagree with you or that I think you're wrong. All right. It's just like, how do you, you know, like, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, um, see where, where I just, but see where I was coming. That's where I was coming from. I was uh, coming from like the thing. Of yeah. Like, I mean, I still think it's like different. Cause like, it's like, okay, you're going to do this one terrorist movie like this is the only movie you're gonna make like this so get them all out it is very 2000s i thought yeah that was like it was, it was kind of like it was kind of like yeah it, it was very much inspired by like ricky gervais's the office like maybe that's why you know like it. that was really yeah. maybe that's why I hate it was it, very I much hate that. I hate I mean, that that's basically this yeah okay oh you don't like the british office i like either office yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So that, yeah, that explains it. Yeah. This movie is basically that style. Like, and it was really, the style, the style was really, really popular at the time because uh, Ricky Gervais had done it. And then the American office had done it. And then even a Danny McBride sites, he's like, I really wanted to do a show like the British office. And that's why we make foot fist way. There's a lot of stuff from this time period that is basically in this like kind of semi like documentary handheld style. And, it's more about like again like quiet it's quieter it's a quieter humor it's like you know it's more like do you think this like awkward you don't like the awkward humor of the british office right no that's i I, see the thing is like i like silly characters like that's why i like monty python i like silly characters silly voices um Mm. stuff like that you know but um yeah, the, I guess the awkward humor didn't. I guess that's why I didn't like it because I'm not a fan of like yeah that type of like awkward okay. kind of like mumble. Well, mumble. If, I, if I know, yeah, 
humble core. Yeah, okay, humor. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. If I know, if I had known that, then I wouldn't pick this movie then, because this is basically, yeah, this is very much inspired by that style, because it came out in 2010. Uh, so yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'm just trying to figure out why you didn't like. It. I guess that's why I was baffled. But now I'm not baffled because I know you just don't like. Like I don't know why I, th- I. I guess we've never talked about the British Office, right? No, we've never talked about regular. We we, we haven't. I mean, we've talked about comedies. Cause I don't like, like the. Yeah, I don't like any version mm. of The Office that I've seen. <laughs> but like, see, here's the thing: is I like I. There's some. I liked it at the time. I'm not gonna lie. Some british humor that i really do dig so i don't know why maybe because like um well this is a very specific time period like i said it's very much because you had so much shit that was copying this like there's a lot of like i mean i kind of okay i'm gonna cut uh like because i had like i remember in like college this was really popular and so i had all of these like classmates who were like pitching stuff like this mm-hmm. and like they were like, oh, it's the office in a nursing home. And so, yeah, I that's when I because before that, I was like, oh, yeah, the office is funny. Like when I was in high school and stuff. And then when I got to college and everyone was like, oh, this it's like my version of the office. I was like, I fucking hate that show now. Uh, so, yeah, but I still like the original because it's only like two series and a special. But uh, Ricky Gervais is also kind of an absolute dipshit now. But uh, it was 20 years ago, like completely unrelated. Like you he did make something cool at one point. Like, uh, that's why he's, he's still around. Like if, if he didn't make anything cool, he never would have, he wouldn't, he would be, he would go away. Been coasting off that for, <laughs> you know, 20 plus years. Exactly. Yeah. But that should tell you how, it, like, um, you know, influential it was super, like I said, there was a solid five, 10 years where everyone was trying to copy that. They're still kind of trying to do. I mean, Modern Family, you know. I mean, I like, that. there's a million like Office, you know, like that whole like sort of mockumentary style, like, yeah. I don't know, but like sort of based on awkward pauses, and you know, I mean, I I appreciate that stuff, like when it's done well, just because it is so dependent on timing, and it's like, like if you're like. It's like, oh, the line itself isn't funny or the person isn't even funny, but like something about the timing of it was just perfect. Like that's almost more impressive to me than like a silly character. Not, I mean, not saying I don't like silly characters and stuff, but like, you know what I mean? Like to get, cause it is very real and like, yeah, a lot of people do hate it cause it's so real, right? Cause it is like, yo, you want escapism, right? You want silly stuff, but, uh. There was a time period where people wanted, you know, I mean, I do think it's still impressive to like, maybe this movie doesn't do it, but, you know, to get laughs out of more grounded situations and stuff. Hmm. More subtle. Uh, I don't know. This movie's not very subtle, though, but uh, <laughs> Chris Morris is very, like, uh, controversial. I just didn't appreciate, like I said, I still, I still got laughs and stuff. I just didn't like, and again, I grew up in this time period, like, so you can give your rating like, by the way. Oh, um, like a three. Oh, okay. So like, it's so funny that we're like adamantly, like, it's so funny that we're like kind of on different ends of the spectrum, but like, I didn't think it was like offensively, you know, the like bad. Right. Yeah. So I, I was like two, you know, <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even arguing with you. I'm just trying to like figure out why yeah. you 
I'm like, you really didn't think any of it? Like, because at one point he says, <laughs> there's like a white guy. I don't think it's ever explained, but he's not actually Muslim. I don't think he's just like a white guy. He wants to be like uh, he's a British guy in the Mujahideen. And he goes like, uh, he goes like, I mean, that was pretty funny when they were like, when like Riz Ahmed just starts speaking in Arabic just to like piss him off because he can't speak Arabic. And then like, he goes, uh, he goes, they're going to shove a Viagra in you and make you fuck a dog. <laughs> and they like, they like tie him up in the, um, the, in the, you know, yeah. And they put him in the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. He says something in that, like, he says something in that scene where he's like, oh, and then he pops his head up. That was the funny, uh, like, like when he pops his head, like, cause he's in the trunk, but he pops his head through the back seat, through the cup holder. <laughs> they gotta laugh. That's physical comedy. I he mean, says something like, there's some good physical comedy. He says something like, Islam is dying, bro. And without me, yeah. it's dead, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, um, that's the main character to Riz Ahmed. Like, Islam is dying, bro. Like super yeah. British accent. When, when, when he's like, uh, when he's like, when he, his whole his whole thing where he's like, we're gonna blow up the mosque, and like he's like, no, we're not gonna blow up the mosque. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I tell you what, I did like the actually, I did like, and I'm, this is the one that I did laugh at. Um, the actual like laughter came out at this point was the uh, he's like that fucking time you baked the twin tower cakes and put it in front of a synagogue. <laughs> He's like, was too on the nose. He goes, that's, yeah. he's like, that's the whole point, bro. And he's, and then he's making the video and he's like, we have just blown up the mosque. He's like, isn't the point is that we dress up like them and like blow it up and make it look like they did it. And he's like, what? He's like, it's my plan. I don't know. Whatever. Like, <clears throat> maybe I was just desperate for a laugh, but it is very 2000s. That was like my thing that I really didn't like, like, I would say is like it was kind of like not reddity but like borderline. I would say like in some places like yeah, it doesn't have the uh, the subtleties of a <laughs> twenty 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 two comedies like Bros or uh, uh, <laughs> was it Joe Coy's Easter Sunday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> this is a little too on the nose, I guess. No, I mean, like I see what he was trying. I that was the thing too, right? Like I see what he was doing, but like to what it like I like i kept trying to like find an end to the road and like none of them were satisfying for me mm-hmm. like i said like if he just thinks these people are confused and don't know what they're doing that's not empathetic that's like uh infantilizing right oh yeah like, yeah. A, yeah that i think so like, i i see what you're saying i don't know I, I, it might it might be more of like a two and a half honestly because like i said it i just want to say also a big part of it is just like the performers themselves that's why i keep bringing uh homeboy from uh uh what we do in the shadows of because like i said riz ahmed also is just a very sweet boy i love him i think he's my very sweet boy um he is very he is straight up evil in this movie though right like he is yeah. evil he is like not he's undeniably a bad person and he realizes this and then he kind of um uh what we do vampire guy is like a big puppy dog he's just a big giant golden retriever and uh but then like like that works but then to say like oh this is why terrorists are terror like that's like okay wait no i can't that's that's where like i'm like i don't like that's where like the cognitive dissonance is for me right because i'm like okay then is he saying that they're confused or that like they're either confused or they're manipulative or like 
Again, I don't think that he really empathizes. I don't think he empathizes with him in the way that people think he does. It's also like again, it's like it's like oh, let's take the most unlikeliest way to portray jihadists, right? And like, Mm. let's do it. And like, okay, like that's cool as an experiment. But like, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I think this probably would have worked better as like a sketch. Like if they had just done the opening as like a sketch, Mm. because I do think the thing where he's like, where he has the gun and he's like, it's a proper. I, again, like honestly, British people just make me laugh the way they talk. Yeah. <laughs> he says like he's like what do you, what he says like oh the way he says pinging in my mouth he says no no more no he goes what he goes like I would never make you do that and he goes no more wizard in me gulp <laughs> like again I get it like not everyone thinks someone saying no more wizard in me gob is like funny right mm-hmm. but like I I just I don't know thought it was funny uh but uh but yeah overall i was like oh this is also very insulting and like kind of uh, just like confused i guess yeah i think like i think like maybe like the only thing i the only generous reading i can give for it is like maybe he's talking about british people but like also he's talking about british pakistani people like you know like Mm -hmm. like people but it's like so so the most generous reading I can say about this is that he's racist toward like the, the movie, not him. The movie is racist towards British Pakistan, Pakistani people. Do, do, do you like, do you think he was implying? Cause there's that it's actually, I think this was pretty good filmmaking actually was when they keep cutting to surveillance, but then they like bust the wrong people. Like, do you think he was implying? Like, do you think they were, wrongly rated or do you think they were actually like oh they were actually because in my mind i thought i think the first time i saw it i thought it was like oh they got confused and busted the wrong people then the second time i thought like oh what if the point was that the main like a jihadist or whatever what if they're like they're so like they're not a threat and maybe the other guys were really like actually doing something that was an actual threat but we never saw it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know necessarily how to read it, to be honest. And I think like, <clears throat> I think again, like that might be, you don't have to know how to read it to like have a comedy or whatever, mm-hmm. but like this one, this comedy is like very politically charged. <laughs> like it's not just like, yeah, it's yeah. not like, Oh, we're having some goose and gaffs. Like it's not like pineapple express yeah. smoking weeds funny or whatever. Or, like the other guys, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, but it's okay. I mean, like there is room for satire and dark humor. Uh, this is just a very two thousands version of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like we haven't figured out that like England and America are evil yet quite yet, you know? Yeah. Well, like I think, Chris Morris is pretty controversial. I'm not an expert, so I don't want to speak too much on him. But yeah, I mean, I know that he is. If you look him up on Google, it's like he is a satirist, you know, or something like that. Like, mm. so that's how I'm going to judge the movie. And so, um, yeah, I think the satire wasn't very pointed, right? Like, I don't know because again, it's like I don't know. It's like it wasn't even very redemptive, like. I don't know. It just it, it didn't. I don't need it to be, but like I don't know. There was just like, <clears throat> like I said, I I don't really know. I think it was too ambiguous in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. 
Because it's very back and forth, because he's saying, like, oh, like, he's clearly showing Riz Ahmed, like, manipulating his friend, but then his wife is supportive of him, but then he changes his mind, but then the guy's confused, but then Riz Ahmed decides to go through anyway. And yeah, I don't know. Just, like, you know, that this that line at the end where he literally says, I'm confused, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know, that just really, like, made me hate the movie, like, a lot. Yeah. But I still think it had some goofs and gaffs because i did i'm not like the part where his friend like blows up around the sheep i don't that fucking i mean that i can get why some people wouldn't think that's funny but oh oh no there was one when he when the crow when he's like trying to train the crow and he like (laughs) it's just a shot of a birdhouse and he goes that's a sex shop (laughs) i don't know that's just that that was um Whatever, but ultimately, I did not very much like this movie. But it did, like I said, I think, I think that's good comedy. That's good, <laughs> like juxtaposing that's a sex shop with a birdhouse and then the bird blowing up. I mean, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm just too British, me love. I am, according to Ancestry.com, I am like forty five percent British. So that's insane. <laughs> it might be, yeah, yeah, might be a genetic thing. Sorry. Yeah, I'm predis- but yeah, no, I think it's just a, I think it's a 2000s thing. Yeah, you're what is it? predisposed to hate this movie because of like my mm-hmm. heritage. It's like, I'm, like yeah, I mean, I still didn't like it. I still didn't like it, but like you know, like I said, I, it did get laughs. I would I would be like if I say it, it maybe laugh, but I don't know. Still like a three, like um, whatever. But yeah, um, cool. So uh, we'll uh, we'll pause there and we'll come back for the rest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second half of the podcast, where we're just going to talk a whole lot of shit. <laughs> Matt, um, are there any other movies that you've seen recently that you want to talk about? Ooh, I didn't have it pulled up. Hold on. I was pulling up my uh, letterbox. Mm. Um, I, can, I can talk if you want. Yeah, uh, just today, um, I watched This Gun for Hire. I, I'm, I was doing uh, Criterion's November Noirs. So mm. I watched This Gun for Hire today. Yesterday, I watched The Glass Key. And yesterday, I also watched uh, Beau Travail. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Beau um, Travail. Yeah, however you say it. Um, By Claire Denis. <laughs> Amazing that's film. A good, that's a great movie. That's a five. That's a five banger. Apparently, yeah, it's a- apparently it's you're supposed to say five bagger. I've never said that. I don't like that. I like five banger. It's a five banger. Yeah. Five bagger like groceries. What does okay. that mean? This gun for yeah, no, really good. I, I, yeah, I love Bochavai. Like that's one of my favorites. Like yeah, I was like trying to, eat, or I was like, oh yeah, like that was the movie that, that was the first Claire Denis movie I think I saw. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing ending, right? Like can't spoil it. Not gonna spoil it, but just a wonderful, like pretty influential. I feel like someone's copied that before, but yeah, pretty pretty great movie. I love it. Poetic yeah, sure. cinema at its finest. For sure, it's it was great. Um, and then I like I said, I watched this Gun for Hire. Um, it was really good. It it kind of reminded me of a uh, Le Samurai. Mm. Um, it seems like kind of the prototype. Which I mean, like you know, it's about a hired gun, 
obviously mm-hmm. it's going to kind of remind me of Lay Samurai. Um, yeah, um, which was really good. And then I also saw Park Chan Wook's new movie, Decision to Leap, which is very good. Highly recommend mm. everybody go see it. It's a little different from his other mm-hmm. movies. Like Park Chan Wook is like one of those guys that's kind of like, I'm going to, you know, torture my characters or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really liked it a lot and it's not quite like it's still mean it's mm-hmm. not quite like as mean you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like oh my god like this is awful that this is happening it's like oh god that sucks you know <laughs> like yeah one yeah of those types of things um yeah it was uh it was really good i saw it in theaters with my buddy um we had a great time he he really liked it and he was like the problem was the theater here's another uh w for Cronenberg crowd that say theaters are dying and they should. Um, it was so hot in that theater that I was like sweating and it was like really cold outside. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, maybe you should turn down the heat a little bit. And mm-hmm. my buddy legitimately said, I think the heat ruined this movie. Like, I really liked that movie, but like that or the ending. He said, I really mm-hmm. liked that movie, but by the end of it, I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I just want to get out of here. Like, this movie needs to stop. Yeah. I saw that happened to me in Nope. Like, not only was the air condition broken, but they were, one of the fans was broken, so it was making this loud sound the whole time. Oh man, fuck theaters, man. I'm I'm good. It's kind of booty cheeks sometimes, but you know, you know how it is. Yeah, that's, uh, what's that's it about? What about yeah, we have time. I mean, we have time. We have plenty of time. We can get into it. Um, um yeah. So, decisionally, the- it's it's a little. I, I went in completely blind, um, but. I will say, so the decision to leave, it's this movie um, ostensibly about, it's about an investigation. It's about an investigator specifically. And he's kind of in this like loveless marriage. Mm. And he meets this woman that he suspects, she's a Chinese immigrant. And he Mm. suspects that she murdered her husband. That's all I'm going to say about it. But but yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a... what you call it's kind of like a he's trying to figure it out and piece it piece it together um it's kind of like a mystery movie but it's also a romance tale um yeah it's really good though i i highly recommend every i I, that's another five five beggar I, i highly recommend everybody see that um i've been watching um the uh eli ross history of horror yes let's go yeah, it's pretty good, dude. It's pretty good. I watched the slasher ones. I watched I watched like a few episodes from the first season and one from the second season. Um yeah, no, it's really good. Uh a lot of Rob Zombie in it. <laughs> um yeah. but, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's like um a lot of Stephen King as well. Uh there's an episode I think on Stephen King. I haven't watched it yet. But uh because I know there's like a podcast too or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, it's really good. Like um a lot of stuff. I mean, like I said, I, I I love like a good docu series. Like I love behind the scenes stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, the slasher one's interesting because I think Tarantino mentions that it's like, oh, Michael Myers is the embodiment of pure evil. It reminded me of there's an episode of the Joe Bob Briggs show where he watches a Michael Myers movie. And he's asking for an explanation. And he's like, why is why is he doing what he does? And people keep writing in the same thing. Like what it was exactly what Tarantino said, which is like 
he's the uh, personification of evil, right? And so it's like, I don't know. So there is this like war over the Michael Myers like story in that like, is that a good enough explanation? Is that somehow scarier? Like, I think if anyone else used it, it would be a cop out. I, I think it comes from the idea that like in every horror film, like, generally like there's a sin right or a cursed object or something right like there's some cause for the effect of the film you know and like laurie strode like you know they didn't even make her michael's sister until the second one right so in the first one it's like which a lot of people don't like i kind of agree but like so that's the only explanation we have but even then it's like she doesn't really do anything in the first one to like you know like like what does she do to caught like you know she just kind of exists and he's just coming after her i guess for some people that's like scary enough or that like that's like good enough um explanation i don't know what do you think about evil about yeah about like this justification for like because like again like people are trying to justify why michael myers is why who he is right and it's like you know, is it is it good enough to just say he's the personification of evil? Like, yeah, I, I think that's why I, I kind of talked about it. I think that's why it's so effective, and that why it's considered one of the greats because, um, it's a movie that kind of like you know we obviously everyone talks about how Black Christmas yeah. was a huge influence on it, but like uh, I think his name's Bobby from Black Christmas, Billy, Billy, yeah, mm-hmm. Billy. So Billy and Black Christmas, we don't know who, we don't even know what he looks like. We don't know who he is. He's just kind of like, we don't know why he's doing what he's doing. It's like probably because he's mentally ill or something. We're not a hundred percent sure. We never, we never even get like a full reveal of like who it is. Like they never have the moment at the end where like they unmask him, you know? Yeah. And so I think what's really effective in Halloween is that he is kind of like, I think, so I, I'm not, I'm taking this from someone but he's like mm. he, he's like a, a land shark. Like he's a great white mm-hmm. on like on land, right? He's like this unstoppable killing machine, right? But he's and we don't know why he's like attacking the people he does. And so he just kind of like out of a chance meeting, he mm. sees Lori and goes, Yep, that's that's who I'm killing tonight, right? And just kind of like mm-hmm. makes this split second decision. And we have no clue why he does it. But like it's like no one knows why he made that decision. Um, and I think that's very effective. Like, I think it's really effective. And I think one of the most effective things in the movie is that towards the end of the movie, right? He, uh, Lori takes off his mask. And when you see him, he's a guy. Mm. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I watched, uh, telling you this off mic. I I watched, uh, it's called icons Unearth. It's like a vice series. The, The current one is about the Simpsons. Uh, I don't recommend it if you're not a Simpsons fan. I like I said, I grew up with Simpsons, and then in college, I uh, when I, when, I, when I was into comedy and I wanted to be a writer seriously, I was like, you know, obsessed with that writers' room because they're all these legends, right? It's like Shirts Wilder and you know Al Jean and Conan O'Brien and Oakley mm-hmm. and Weinstein. There's all these like really like you know like it was really good at one point. Uh, but the first uh season this is uh it was about star wars so it's six episodes about the six lucas movies those i highly recommend even if you're not a star wars person because um there's a lot of just like cool behind the scenes stuff like Mm -hmm. um 
like I've always been told that like Marsha Lucas was like uh the heart and soul of star Wars. And there's a lot of interview and stuff with her. Like the whole second episode is basically about her. And, um, you know, I mean, she talks about specific things she did in editing and, you know, uh, she was the one who used the world war two footage to, you know, edit together the final, uh, like battle scene in the first movie. I mean, anyone who says the only good movies are the first three, it's like, yeah, it's cause Marsha Lucas was only involved in those three. Like, you can really see like her absence like as time went on because they got divorced after the second one, but she did him a solid and came back and edited Jedi. I can guarantee you without her, that movie would have been absolute shit. Uh, just like all the other ones that they made after her were. And um, yeah, she was she was awesome. And there's just a lot of cool like uh, Phil Tippett's in it. Our man Phil Tippett. Um, he shows oh, yeah. up a lot. He got his start. uh with you know with lucasfilm ilm whatever when at their very birth like you know he was uh <clears throat> he was in it he's really funny again it's mostly like old technical people who are you know just kind of really funny and nerdy and like talk about you know all the inventions that they were part of um it's pretty cool nice yeah yeah you're telling me off mic about it and i i found that interesting because I, I knew a little bit i've always heard because that's kind of like a maxim right it's like star wars was saved in the editing bay it's like what does mm. that like i i know what that yeah. means like i know yeah. you know what i mean like it's kind of like a nothing statement though like no no of- yeah exactly and, and that's why i recommend this is because it's very specific yeah and i've never seen george lucas's other stuff it's just kind of crazy that oh. he like made these movies and became a multi-bajillionaire or whatever and was like all right that's a funny thing too because yeah i've only seen american graffiti and it's actually really good um uh, but it's also got a very young harrison ford so how can it not be good but everyone, um everyone says american graffiti is good and then a lot of people are like bemoan that he like did star wars because it's like what yeah. if we got like more american graffitis out of it yeah, yeah. Mar- again, Marsha Lucas edited American Graffiti. She's the one because there was a showing of it and people fucking hated it. And so she was like, well, let me edit it. And then they fucking loved it. Like she was the one who because basically he had written the script a certain way and then edited the movie like the script. And she's like, it doesn't work. She's like, you need to like combine these scenes into one and like instead of having them chopped up. And then she did that and then like in star wars like at the very end of the first one when they're like attacking the death star back at the rebel base there's the countdown of like when the death star is going to be in range to destroy the rebel base so it's like a ticking clock or whatever that's not in the script they didn't even shoot that she literally took stuff from other scenes and like then did voiceover and stuff and like created that whole ticking clock out of nothing like Awesome. shit like that like that's actually incredible. you know <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's a like i said there's another there's another scene um yeah this movie will definitely make you i would say like understand editing if you ever wanted to understand editing just watch like the first two episodes of this show talk the to first Marcia. two episodes just talk to marshall yeah. lucas just yeah. be like hey homegirl help me edit this and she's just like <laughs> she's like yeah put hey, it she's like adr like a guy like put a dick on the screen like yeah (laughs) she's doing some like funny yeah she was apparently really good at it like she like uh scorsese had her do uh had her edit his uh first uh studio picture uh alice doesn't live here anymore and uh she only quit because she had it because she wanted to raise her kids 
she an editor like before her and George Lucas met or how that worked? Uh, yeah, yeah. She was he was in film school. She was an assistant editor. And uh, I think that's how they met in uh, a USC or whatever. Um, and yeah, because they were all friends with De Palma and stuff. And um, yeah, she tells this other thing. Like there's this moment at the end of the first Star Wars where like Han tells Luke, like, may the force be with you. And like Lucas had cut that out. And she's like, what do you, she's like, that's the scene that shows people that there's more to Han than meets the eye. Like that's very important. And so she cut it back in and yeah, it's a really, like I said, and there's a lot of cool stuff with Phil Tippett and um, she edited taxi driver. Mm. She edited, uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi driver in New York, New York. Hmm. He edited THX 1138, American Graffiti, and the Star Wars trilogy. Wow. Talk about like, a pioneer, huh? Yeah, she's great. She's And like I said, there's a lot of interview stuff with her. And, um, you know, her and George get divorced. And like, you know. But she said, like, she still, like, is a nice. And, like, she's still, like, I don't know. It just didn't work out. But, like, yeah, she, like, she talks. It's funny because they have her on the prequel episodes, too. And so she's just like, George, you know, he's all he's all about. I mean, for me, it was all about story for him. It's all about special effects. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And uh, yeah, she kind of roasts him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's ugh, the prequel ones are rough. Like uh, uh, there's two episodes about the prequels. And uh, and uh, what was the yeah. show called? It's Vice. called a. Uh, it's a Viceland show. Let me look up the title. It's called Icons on Earth, I think. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Icons on Earth. Uh, they're doing the second season now about the Simpsons, and yeah, first season was about Star Wars. Then you can find it like on demand or whatever. Um, probably, I don't know, probably on YouTube or something. But that's really cool. But yeah, no, yeah, it's, it was really interesting. That's what I've mostly been watching. Uh, I also watched, uh, I don't think I've mentioned this on the pod, but I watched the Barney documentary on Peacock. Barney? Like the dinosaur? Barney, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like a... What's the Barney documentary? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember you telling me about that. It's a two-parter. It's a, my mom was just like, hey, one of my friends, like, her daughter used to be on that show. So, like... You know, she's like a lot of those kids got into drugs and stuff. Oof. So I watched it. It was actually pretty good. Of course, the lady who invented Barney went to Texas A&M. She's an Aggie. Um, yeah, I mean, like they cover the Barney bashing. It was insane, and people looked very stupid. But Barney was also kind of evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, it does. Uh, it's like. <laughs> I know that like all the trad casts like or whatever the, the podcasters are talking about, like, you know, they talk about like portals to another dimension and like how evil mm. stuff and how demonic stuff are. There are some children's stuff that does seem kind of like demonic almost like being hyperbolic, but like Barney does seem like a den just like probably full of pedophilia. Like, I don't know how to describe no, like, it. it does it, too kind of mm -hmm. types of weird it definitely wasn't that although the guy who played barney did go on to become a tantric sex therapist and he does have sex with some of the clients um but no one got abused on that show they actually talk about it how like everyone assumed for me it's more of like 
they bring up how like you know we all love kermit big mm-hmm. bird bert ernie elmo gonzo like all snuffleupagus like th- these are all uh the swedish chef these are all very like uh miss piggy um Fozzie Bear. <laughs> these are all very Animal, like broken the band <laughs> <laughs> the, two, the two guys, Walter and Wardorf. Yeah, Staller, Staller and Wardorf or whatever. Yeah. yeah um, I love Abby. Okay. <laughs> I love uh, Grover. Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. Big fans of uh, uh, that rat guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rat guy, you know? Yeah, 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 of course. All fans no, the of the point... Hispanic sheep girl. <laughs> Rosa, Rosalita, we're all fans of all of these people. The like all of these characters are broken characters, right? Like they all have something wrong with them, right? Like Snuffleupagus <laughs> is depressed because no one believes he's real. You know, like uh Cookie Monster or like Cookie Monster is an addict. Uh God. Oscar the Grouch is like angry, you know, has anger issues. Most of them are depressed. Kermit is depressed. When you think of Kermit, what do you, you think of him being all sad and being like, you know, no one, it's not easy being green, right? Like rainbow, you know, rainbow connection. These are very sad, sad songs, right? And, but like <laughs> Barney wasn't broken at all. He had no dark side. He had no flaw. He was perfect. He was like, love all the time is love. We must love. And it's like, hey, Barney, um, one of my cousins just killed her mom and he's like, we must love, we must love. And I don't know. It's kind of fucked up. It's also kind of Christian. So like, I don't know. That's so (sighs) wild, dude. You just like, you just deconstructed Sesame street and the Muppets. I mean, it's funny. Um, but I, that's why I think Barney is evil or was evil. But they, the people who hated Barney really look look bad. And it was very amateur and stuff. And it was fucked. I, I did watch Barney because the year it premiered was the year before I went to kindergarten. But I was already old enough to read it and stuff. So I watched Barney. I watched the whole first year of Barney and I had the VHS tapes. And then I and then I turned six and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking whack <laughs> you're like this is baby yeah. shit, dude. Like, this shit yeah, sucks i'm in f- fucking kindergarten dude fuck this purple bitch uh but no <laughs> it was the 90s man you know we talk differently <laughs> but uh <laughs> jesus <laughs> it's funny I'll bleep that out. <laughs> but uh <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh um... <laughs> You tell me just tell me this fucking purple dinosaurs tell me to fucking love a shamook. How am I supposed to yeah. fuck it? Yeah, this is fucking Sesame uh, Street over here. Come on. It... Listen, I'm, like, okay. I'm fucking dealing with Muppets all the time. Fucking Elmo, this fucking toddler's just nothing but screaming in my fucking <laughs> ear. And then this fucking purple purple schmuck comes around and says, hey, Antonioni, why don't you just fucking love everybody over here? And I say, fuck are you? This is New York, pal. Hell yeah. Go back to where you fucking came from, Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's just an evil big purple bitch. Like, uh, like, because then I'm like, 
I'm six years old, and like Barney's telling me to love everyone, and then I'm like finding out who Hitler is, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> hold up. That's I'm true. like, I'm, yeah, I like I could read when I was like three, so I I got like I got yeah, I mean I was a pretty fucked up little kid, but um, don't don't let your kids read until they're like five. Teacher like um, teacher comes out. No, seriously, let your kids read. Like at birth, like it, books are good for them. But you like come out and your teacher. No, I did. Yeah, I read a million. Yeah, <laughs> your teacher's like, okay, man, class, we're going to learn about this very important man. <laughs> and you're no, like, we, okay, dude, dude, we did. Okay, no, we didn't have the internets, right? So I'm just like, I'm just like watching TV all day, right? Honestly, like I would like I was watching a lot of Saturday Night Live, and you know. I don't know. Probably they, he got mentioned at some point. I'm sure, you know. And I'd be like, "Oh, who's Hitler?" <laughs> you know. I don't know. I feel like there was never a time when I didn't know who he was. You know. Yeah. It's like the Simpsons. Like I don't remember not watching the Simpsons. See, the Simpsons is interesting to me because I used to watch the Simpsons, um, and I just, I maybe like maybe young me was just like such a hipster something mm-hmm. i just never liked the simpsons like i was i was like a fan I, I liked family guy as a kid i liked you know middle school and shit and then like, when I, got, for that, bro. I got into high school i really liked south park i still like south park it's the only one that i really watch um you know but like the, yeah no 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 i agree because like the simpsons was just like always around right and i watched it a lot just because of when I was alive, but I remember the first, like, I remember watching the first episode of South Park Live. Like, I, I remember, you know, in high school when, like, they, I remember watching Family Guy when it premiered after the Super Bowl, and then, like, when it got canceled, and then they brought it back, because, like, everyone was buying DVDs, and literally, in high school, one of my friends fucking brought the DVD to, like, newspaper class, and we were just watching Family Guy in high school. It was like those first two seasons. Like, I had yeah, to, I, have much, I have a much bigger connection to those to those uh, shows as well. Had the U UHD UMD disc, the P, the PSP one. I had three yeah. episodes of Family Guy, and one of those discs you can't get this anywhere anymore. But one of those discs had the uh, mm-hmm. the Jewish episode where they like they they never mm. they played it one time. It premiered, and then they cut like canceled it out so like i remember telling some friends about that and they're like what are you talking about because like they never rerun it and they actually won't reprint it either so it's like if you mm. if you go and watch family guy that episode's just missing it's pretty funny it's pretty fucked that's up. crazy yeah because i i remember that I, I definitely remember that episode yeah they did that with the michael jackson episode with uh the simpsons which it was like again i don't know if i've said this on the podcast but the fbi followed michael jackson his whole life surveilled him tapped his phones didn't find anything so um you know <laughs> uh, i mean if 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 the fucking fbi is like look bro we tried <laughs> right fbi hates, I mean, the fbi hates seeing a quirked up white boy winning you know <laughs> yeah they're like bro like look they're like if anyone we wanted to fuck with fuck it was my hood and we kind of did but like bro we tried hard but I don't know, you know. I mean, jury's out. Whatever. He made Thriller, bro. Off the wall. Come on. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so glad this is the episode that no one's listening to. It's like all this oh, great, great content at the end. I think this might be our most listened to. Uh, if I hype it up correctly, no, I don't know. Some stuff's gonna get cut out. Some stuff's gonna be a heavily deleted. Breaking you know, news. 
edited the, episode. The movie Flex Boys are canceled yet again. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you, uh, um, it's like what comedy's dead. And even yeah, you can't even um, make jokes anymore. So now I'm a political prisoner. <laughs> Wait, I didn't. I haven't said anything wrong. I mean, like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just, just, just talking about how I learned about Hitler at a very young age. You know, it's, I watched a lot of PBS. Okay, there used to be a thing called documentaries. They showed them on TV all the time. Get over it. Okay. Remember, um, <laughs> you know, it's really fucked up. The PBS show, one PBS show that was like. Um, the founding fathers show i can't remember it's like like liberty something it's of liberty mm-hmm. or whatever it's like oh what was it called liberty bell it was like a a, a cartoon mm-hmm. that pbs had and it taught kids about the founding fathers and they were like yeah they, the kids like had these adventures with the founding <clears throat> fathers to fuck over the british people there's a black mm-hmm. guy character i remember like Mm-hmm. I think it's called Liberty Kids, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Liberty's Kids. Yeah. Liberty's Kids. Two seasons. This is on PBS in 2002. Let me take you back to a mystical time. 2002. Mm-hmm. This is young uh, Matt. You know, it says, why to watch? Identifying, upbeat, and engaging. Right? So this is this is a year, comes out a year after 9-11, right? The, you know, never forget. Um, children learn about the beginning of democracy in America. Dude, it's all about like kids with the founding fathers, oh, yeah. yeah, slave owners, them like fucking over the British people. British kids. So it's okay for a so it's okay for a kid to learn about George Washington, but not Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean like um, whatever, man. I mean like, yeah. Um, did you watch a lot of Kid Burns? What were you say? I was just saying, uh, like, I, I don't think that, you know, one of these is, it, it, both of them are terrible to learn about at that age, especially like, like, Liberty, like, at least yours was probably like a one who non- said, I'm the one who said, don't let your kids read until they're six. You I, said, teach them out the womb. And I'm telling you, I did that. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, keep at, least, ignorant. at least keep them in a dark closet like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep it like Harry Potter. <laughs> my child under the stairs. <laughs> oh my god! Do you want to know how? Um, you want to know story of my autism when I was younger? I watched Harry That's Potter. Cool. I was like, "Yo, he's got cool ass knight figures. That's cool." Mm-hmm. Did, I, I told you that I, I've only seen the first one, right? Yeah, you need to get on that. Prisoner of Azkaban is actually pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll then I'll uh, live live girl boss my way into some uh, pussy or something. Come on, man. I'm gonna watch Harry Potter. You're like when Godium Leviosa. I'm not gonna watch Harry Potter, but I will say uh, that I am definitely Slytherin, the evil one. Um. Yeah. If you guys listen for this much, thank you so much. I got food that I'm fixing to uh, fixing to grab at the door. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. This is a really good one. Yeah, if you guys want to listen to next week's episode, it, we got friend of the pod, Kurt on from the wrestling pod, uh, from the yep. stink sheet. Uh, yeah, he's going to do, uh, Stephen, what was is the two wrestler movies, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're doing a crossover uh, episode next week with the wrestling podcast that I do. Um, 
we're a weekly where you know where we like to talk about the underwear men and we're doing 2008's the wrestler and 1974's the wrestler um so yeah it'll be cool it'll be fun because then we're gonna get matt on the wrestling podcast Mm -hmm. and uh that's riff city baby (laughs) so uh you want to see if you want to see another side of uh, the boys <laughs> tune in <laughs> yeah. see, thanks guys oh yeah see you next time